0: At, uh, oh, Memorial Day. Peace. See you later. Hey everybody. Welcome to the OFD podcast. I am Joshua Voles, your host site manager at one dot com, And it's it feel like it's been a hot minute since, uh, since I've been able to do like a regular OFD podcast and, uh, and Brad's not even with us tonight. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Brad's at the bar tonight. Uh, something about school I imagine, but uh, but i do have jude with me jude how you doing man
1: i'm doing great thanks for having me on as always
0: yeah it's it feels like it's been a couple of weeks which which is weird because i did get the stink eye from the wife when i said hey i gotta go downstairs so, <laughs> <laughs> so okay it was like hey you know I don't, I don't think i've been spending that much time go ahead and look at the site honey
1: Hey, I am, I am actually, I read uh, with great enthusiasm as I do every single year, the Subway Domer garage sale. And I just need to know, um, is it about clearing money at the end or is it just about making fun of your crazy ass neighbors? Cause I'm, I'm cool either way.
0: You know, it's a little bit of everything. First and foremost, it's the clear, the, you know, as a parent, it's just, there's ungodly amount of shit, right? Like yeah. it just piles up kids, clothes, kids, toys, your own stuff that you forget about because it's buried under a pile of kid stuff. And it's so first and foremost, it's about clearing the house, the barn, the basement. And then second of all, yeah, it, I I was in sales for a lot of years. And so, uh, I just, I kind of like the juice of it all. Like, like like this is my thing. And, but and when I, when I was in sales all those years, there was always a story with somebody, you know, it was always something. And, and I didn't back then, I didn't have Twitter to share the world with uh, my furniture sales stories, <laughs> um, uh, which I, I tell you right now, if I would have, if they would have had Twitter back then, I'd be way more popular right now because those <laughs> would have been classic. But uh, so, yeah, I like to have a little bit of fun because shit is wild. Uh, and then yeah, I like a little bit of money too. Uh, you know, it pays for like mulch, it pays for pool chemicals, and all sorts of stuff. I mean, some years we do really, really well. Uh, the last couple years though, <clears throat> let me tell you, I'm about to. I might have a boycott next next year, and I, I might do something silly because the people that run it's it's a town wide garage sale, right?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So they, you know, it's, so it's not like just like one day I decide to go out there. You wouldn't sell anything. wouldn't barely have anybody come around, but it's, you know, advertised t- town wide, you know? So there's, you know, thousands of people walking around, but the last couple of years they they've had like where there used to be the high school at the, our old high school got demolished. And now it's just like this giant grass field in the middle of, of town with three crosses up on it. Um, but, uh, but they they're like, Oh yeah, we're gonna bring all these vendors in. Yeah. Guess what? guess there's only a finite n- amount of money that these people are bringing with them to garage sale. It's not like, you know, they're going to whip out their MX, you know, at my <laughs> sale to pick up a bunch of clothes. So like this, this whole, this huge thing of vendors is just sucking in all this money. So the last two years I, I have seen a, a big dip in traffic and in money. I mean, I can, I can do the stats on it. Um, so, I mean, but the lady that runs it, she's crazy. Like she, one year she she moved the date because we Hicksville was hosting like the Firemen's of America convention, which is a huge thing. Like, so there's thousands of these firemen. But none of them give a shit about garage sailing, man. They, they come to show up and get hammered. I mean, blitzed. The, you know, they all go down to the fairgrounds and they're just doing keg stands all day long. <laughs> and, but she thought that would be a great. So that was a bad year. So we'll see. It, it was pretty light this year. I got to say, I, I, I felt like I
1: let the public down a little bit with the, with the garage sale tweets. I, I, I enjoyed it. I know other people enjoyed it. I'm, we'd be sad to see it go away <laughs> next year. But, you know, obviously you got to see nothing else. Get all that crap out of your house. I, I mean, I, I was the other day we had somebody who was in need of a, a baby monitor and I put my hands on three of them within 15 minutes and I only have two kids. So <laughs> I was know, like, whatever you want, just tell me your address. I will send it to you. You know? So.
0: Wes uh, t- uh, messaged me. <laughs> it was like, I'll take it. Cause they're due again. Cause they're a proud Catholic family. <laughs> he messaged me and said, dude, we'll take anything. And what, what do you got? And, we were getting pretty low to that. And so I I texted him like, Hey, man, I still got, you know, I had I started with three car seats somehow. um, But I got one left. Uh, But the wife put their foot down. Uh, You know, you're not supposed to use, use car seats, although they're pretty hot items at a garage sale. (laughs) But I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny, but you know, it's just, it's one of those things, man. I, the garage sale is, is can be pretty spectacular. I mean, the guy show the guy that shows up every year looking for what guns and knives you got, and I <laughs> say every year I have zero uh, for you to buy. <clears throat> and there's guy, there's people that are like they'll come up and then they'll will see the barn back there and like start sure. walking towards that. Say, what do you got in there? They yeah. did that, to, like I was because
1: everyone thinks they're the next American Pickers, right? Yeah,
0: dude. Yeah, that's exactly. what I, My daughter was out there by herself. I was inside making some food, and some dude tried that on her, and I'm like, "Yo, you know, get no, you're not in my backyard." One year I had to give a lady a tour of my backyard. I had the gate, I had the gate open. She's like, "That looks amazing, you know." And it is pretty nice back there, the pool, and you know, we got it landscaped real nice, and and it's got some kid stuff. It's nice back there, and she just was busted back there, her and her daughters, and they wanted to check it out, and I'm like, "Okay, well, I mean." you want to buy the house (laughs) let's talk
1: (laughs) Uh, hey before we lose our audience is there any connection between garage sailing and say notre dame football maybe we can tie this all back around i i I think
0: that's what we're gonna do tonight yeah
1: all right let's let's
0: do that listen if there isn't a connection we're gonna we're gonna make one (laughs) we're gonna make one (laughs) it's june 2nd and we're gonna do something just like that but you know What's funny though is there actually is a big sale. Was it next week or in in two? Yeah, weeks? old to gold, right? Yeah, old to gold. I I just saw that today. Uh, so if if anyone's interested, I I believe it's June, maybe June eighth, June ninth. Uh, but if anyone's interested, they'll have stuff from um, like old office furniture and, and all the, the students bikes, drop the their kids stuff leave off. behind. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not the line bikes, but other bikes. <laughs> 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 Maybe <laughs> you can find lot, Prince Shembo's
1: bike seat, you know.
0: But uh but the bookstore does uh does dump off some stuff that they didn't sell there. So hey, if you're interested in getting some stuff for cheap, um hey, and here's a free advertisement for them. Check them out, you know.
1: Yeah. Um uh, I'm sure there's a, probably an undefeated regular season t-shirt waiting for you for the low, low price of um eight or nine dollars.
0: Speaking of Wes, I, I think I'm gonna have to send him one. <laughs> <laughs> I, he, actually, though, I think somebody did send him one, because I, I think I remembered a, a drunken text one night uh, from him with an undefeated
1: shirt. <laughs> oh, poor buddy. Well, That's, well nothing. congratulations will bring him out of the, on the new one.
0: Nothing will bring him out of the woodworks f-
1: <laughs> faster than an undefeated T-shirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, all right, well, hey, you know, what's uh, – you know, garage sales are great. There's just – there's so much – there's so many great buys like if you're just like out walking around and like, I mean, some people are like, I need to get some school clothes for my kids for next year. And there's t- plenty of sales out there with awesome, you know, lightly used clothes. People will stock up. But if you're just out and about, it's just fun to find some crap that just random stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think we're just going gonna to do some rando questions. This may last 10 minutes, people. Uh <laughs> Or it may last a half hour. I don't know, but we're gonna find a way to tie this all in. So, Jude, let me ask you. Notre Dame's got a fairly decent sized trophy case, right? Yeah. Right? Like like the whole like you probably you might know better than I. Is it just in the Joyce and in the Goog, or is there another spot?
1: My My understanding, and I may be wrong, and please somebody correct me if I if they know better information is they're they're actually located right outside Brian Kelly's offices.
0: Well, you're talking about the rivalry trophies.
1: Yeah, the rivalry show is that what not what you were talking about? I was just talking about like oh the Heisman's and stuff like that. Well, all the crap they have. Oh, you know
0: because you go up in a Joyce and there's just like
1: yeah oh yeah so yeah they've got the hall uh, up in the Joyce Center. What is that Uh, second floor?
0: yeah it's outside of the uh like the monogram club and and all that stuff over up, up yep. there
1: yep they got that and then obviously the goog, so yes answer right, your so, question yes so their dame
0: has got oodles of crap right. I mean,
1: yes. And, and and if you go to the old NDFIM offices, you can find the Hawaii Bowl trophy because I took a picture of it when I was in there one time. So.
0: I think that, was, that, that should be your answer for the question I haven't asked you.
1: Oh, okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> this episode's already in the trash. <laughs> what do you think is the most <clears> – <throat> what would you believe or have seen to be the most random – Trophy slash artifact that they have.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've been up there. Uh,
0: I mean, it's, it's been it's been a few for me too.
1: Yeah, I. That's great. That's a great question. I mean, I'll say I, I just just as an aside, I mean, uh, my good friend Tim O'Connor, who you, many of you know as N D one when he was on Twitter, uh, you know, was working for FIM uh, in, in a kind of central office, uh, that basically was in the
0: university club or whatever it was.
1: Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the joy center, um, basically the hockey area, the old hockey area or whatever. Uh, they took over some space there and I I walked in one day and, um, (laughs) they had this random, uh, huge television or something, some sort of big black thing, uh, and on top, I was like, that's a trophy with a pineapple on it. That's what is that? Oh, my God, it's the Hawaii Bowl trophy. <laughs> I'm like, why do you have the Hawaii Bowl trophy? And it was, you know, the answer I got back and I don't remember if it was from Oak or Aaron Horvath or one of the other people that was working there at the time. Christiane maybe uh, was. Uh, yeah, it was just sitting in the storage and not, you know, not being displayed. Because <laughs> why would you display that, that that thing? Like, who is exactly proud about that win? <laughs> I'll Uh, tell you what,
0: Sergio Brown, they were doing backflips after that game.
1: Well, I mean, Jimmy Clawson's greatest game as a Notre Dame uh, player, right? So, um, They
0: they celebrated that Hawaii Bowl trophy victory as more than anybody I've ever witnessed celebrating a Hawaii Bowl win.
1: As sad as it was, I mean, that was Notre Dame's first bowl win since what year? Oh, Uh, yeah. Since January 1st, right? yeah. 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 So, and it wasn't even a major bowl. It was a December twenty fourth. Oh my God, how am I going to watch this at my in laws' house who don't have ESPN type bowl? You
0: know, tossing throwing passes like he was just throwing against
1: air that day. Jimmy's perfect game, yeah. Yeah,
0: Basically, you got to let me ask you this: more important bowl victory, the Hawaii Bowl or the Pinstripe
1: Bowl? Uh, I, mean, I love. Sure. I, I love a,
0: that the, was the I love wrong that the, adjective to use?
1: Yeah, I love that the Pinstripe Bowl gave its MVP trophy to Zach Martin. I mean, that's <laughs> just that makes me They're laugh smart. thinking about. I mean, Tommy Reese <laughs> threw through forty eight passes, attempted forty eight passes in that game, and threw for three hundred nineteen yards and had no interceptions. Like a great by all like metrics, a great <laughs> Tommy Reese game. And Zach Martin, they're like, Hey, who do we give this to Zach Martin? Cause the team rushed for 170 yards, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Tommy went
0: untouched.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <You> know like <laughs> a clearly. pretty
0: mobile guy.
1: Uh, I mean, look, Zach Martin was criminally underrated and, uh, and I think it's rakes a who always makes that joke about pinstripe bull MVP or whatever. But, uh, You know, it's just the that's I went to that game and that's really the the thing I remember about that game. Besides the fact that everyone was slipping every three downs, that was that was completely annoying. So and Prince Shembo, I think walked out with an axe or some sort of some sort of weapon. I remember that, too.
0: I have to see that picture.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if anybody took that picture, but we should look in the archives for it because that would be a fun thing to find in a garage sale. You, you know, it was like one of those, you know, before they had. Axe for uh, the
0: Pinstripe Bowl, hell yeah, dude! I I I pay a serious like twenty dollars for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know serious who knows 20. what that trophy looks like. I mean, probably fucking Yankee cap or something. So okay,
0: well, let's move on here to look, yeah. look, Okay, in a garage sale, you would not believe the amount of people that do like the walk up, like they're on a fucking runway, like yeah. the walk up look turn around and not just turn around but like and now and they will announce to the world nothing here for me like <laughs> you go guy but uh so but, let, let me ask you this which current notre dame assistant coach would be the, <laughs> would be the guy to do that at a garage sale oh which, which head coach would just do you, have be, any, like, do you have any do you have an answer so for this so, so business so business he would just walk down that aisle and but then announce too not not just about his business, but he's loud about his business and turn around
1: yeah do you have any, do you have any ready made answer for this
0: no no I, I i I just made that up as I spoke.
1: yeah <laughs> Oh um you know there's there's a couple that like come to mind immediately, right like which is like. Todd Light probably can afford Todd anything. Todd Light was on the tip of my tongue. I, I yeah, am. Todd Light can afford anything. So I like him being at a garage sale. I'd be like, "What am I doing? I'm wasting my time here." You know like, what I mean? Hey,
0: he's, just, he's rushing it through. Like, nope.
1: Yeah, I mean, I gotta, I gotta imagine Tommy barely looks up from his phone to uh, see what, what, what wares you've got. You know, so yeah, no, Tommy, probably... Tommy's
0: the, Tommy's the reluctant husband. That's <laughs> just the... Yeah.
1: He's the he's guy, just, can, can I, can I wait in the car? Can I, I don't, I don't have to actually go up, right? Like, you know.
0: There, he's for, he's, the, he's the one that's forced her to drive the truck. Oh, uh, come he's on, the, come on, his, hon, his, wife, this, his
1: wife can't reach the pedal. Come, come on, hun. there's this baby stuff here. We're like, we're past the baby stuff, come on. Well, it might be a good book or something. You know, and he's like, come let's just go to the next house, come on.
0: No, <laughs> I think, I think it's gotta be Todd Light, right? I think, yeah, I think there's no, yeah, I, Because it isn't just, it isn't just about like going about your business. It's just like, there's a certain amount, there's a certain level of like, screw y'all. You know, like I'm out here, I'm out here at this garage sale, don't really want to be, but I'm here. I I don't know, there's there's a certain attitude that goes along with that, that Todd Light encapsulates. I think just a little bit yeah Uh,
1: as a brief aside i've I've actually really enjoyed those like one or two minute um videos that they've been doing they've been putting on the nd football uh social media sites with with the, the players talking to the coaches and you know kind of asking them random questions and stuff i don't think it's a completely new idea but at the same time it's just it's kind of fun to see the the pairings that they've come up with or whatever and I think Todd Light was asked something like, you know, oh, who's the fastest assistant coach? And he's like, uh, it's got to be me, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, or maybe it was maybe it was Tommy, and he's like, uh, he was an NFL player, so I'm sure he probably <laughs> runs the fastest. And then he totally dissed Clark Lee. He's like, he was a walk on fullback at an academic school, so I'm gonna guess, like, you know, you know, Tommy's not most fleet of foot, right? Himself. Well, so. I'm glad you
0: brought Clark Lee up. So okay, so we give. 25 bucks to Clark Lee and 25 bucks to Chip Long and send them out to the garage sale to spend their $25. Yeah. What do they come
1: back with? Clark Lee comes back with some sort of calculator that I don't think anybody uses anymore, but it had the manual and he's really excited about that. It's like a TI-82 graphing calculator. And he's like, you would not believe this. He's like, it had the manual and everything. You're just like, dude, you could have, uh, you could have gotten 10 times a better calculator. He's like, no, this is old school, man. Like, I don't know. That's, that's, that's Clark Lee for me. You think
0: he, 25 bucks gets you that?
1: oh god at a garage sale yeah like i i would sell a calculator for a dollar you know what i mean like i just like i if i found a calculator I'd be like why do i have a calculator like i have a phone now right like a, a, or i can use the internet oh, like yeah. i don't need a calculator so um i used to play like snake on those things and uh you know preload the quad uh quadratic Abinokias? formula yeah so yeah i think hmm. uh yeah i think that, that's an excellent answer
0: yeah the the old school scientific calculator that it, i mean the, is Texas instruments even in business anymore uh, or did, did
1: apple just straight own them <laughs> <What> the? <laughs> that's a great question so okay, um know. chip logs the kind of guy who comes up and he's like he doesn't want to i don't think he wants to be there either but he also sees you grilling and he's like all of a sudden like gravitating over that and he's like Hey, you got? You got he's opened up those...
0: a barbecue restaurant now. I yeah, right.
1: he's like, you, you got another one of those beers, and you're just like, you kind of look at him, and he's like, I got twenty five bucks in my pocket. If you got barbecue and a beer for me, <laughs> you know, just like, all right, chip <laughs> out of there. I can see your, I can see your wife over there. She's knee deep in the Harlequin romances, and I, uh, I know you're gonna be here for a while. So yeah, fuck it. Here's a. You know, he
0: he talked a... about golf enough in one of those those little uh, one all ones with the coaches. Yeah, I, I think I think the one that's out there looking not enough. Not for his fine. I mean, I'm sure he has a a fine bag uh, with plenty of plenty of balls. (laughs) But (laughs) but, uh, I bet he's he's looking for like some of the old school shit.
1: Yeah. He uh, wants one of those um, things that you put in your uh, office. It's a it's a putter, like a ball return. Like as soon as you hit the hole, it like pops it back out at you. So you can just like you can practice your putting in the office. I bet he's looking for one of those.
0: I mean that's just that's those guys' personality, right? I mean yeah. Lee is so cerebral and Long's just kind of like dude, that Long's out there. I mean I, I wish we could get chip Long more, I wish there was more press conferences with with both those guys. I just like listening to Lee talk about football like I, I, I thoroughly enjoy the way he explains it first of all and that's yeah. it's not so exciting, but I, I enjoy what he says. Chip long, man. There, I don't know what you're going to get because that guy doesn't hold back. Like he's not, he's not, there hasn't, I don't know if there's been a conversation, but he's just going to say what, what he's thinking on his mind. And uh, I mean, it, it's, it's not like, to, like in your face, like crazy style, but he does. I mean, he, he really speaks his mind uh, when he's asked a question and which is refreshing uh, you know, when you think about the drudgery of, talking to all these college players who were like drilled to like not answer anything with, uh, <laughs> you know, with, with, any kind of originality. Uh, but, uh, God, I, w- I, w- I wish we got them, you know, at least like two times during the actual season itself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I, I am going to be more impressed by Clark Lee's performance this year than I would have even been, um, this past year. Um, if he can get the, the linebacking crew, uh, right side up and, and actually performing well enough that Notre Dame could go say 10 and two or 11, one in the regular season. You know, if, if, his defense holds up after, uh, what they lost in terms of leadership in the middle there, um, I just, I'm going to be, I, 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 I'm just, I'm going to say, well, it's, you know, probably time that somebody gives him an honest look at, uh, you know, it being a at being in the right fit at a school that's, uh, you know, max school or a little bit better, right? In terms of head coach. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that.
0: Yeah. So, hey, look. So, who's the, how, how do I want to word this? Who's the head coach that, okay, let's, I'll ask this one. Who, which coach would actually have a garage sale like and be super pumped like me about who's, who's basically, Josh Bulls out there on the garage sale from the Notre Dame coaching staff? Oh, that's good. That's a good question. And I like talking about it. about it like the week up, like, hey, man, I got this. <laughs>
1: oh, Brian Pullian, right? I, I, I have a different answer, but that, okay. that's not bad all at right. all. So my first thought was Mike Elston because I was like, he's got like a 600 kids and stuff. So he's probably he's got the a lot of...
0: and he's from the 419. I mean, this yeah, is probably got like a there.
1: lot of extra stuff that's like going through and Beth, <clears> Beth can make the cookies and you know, and be the, I don't know, just be the, the big, the hostess with the mostess or whatever. Um, uh, Brian Pulley just seems like the kind of guy who gets really excited about a garage sale. Who's like, and he would be like, he'd be like, Hey guys, you will not believe what I unearthed. You got to come, you got to come by the house Saturday. I don't want to say too much, but I got all, <laughs> I got all, I got all sorts of things you've never seen before. And you're just like, Brian, like we got a job to do. Like, we're just, you know, trying to figure out the, uh, you know the practice schedule here For the next three four weeks and he's like yeah no no, I, I understand but he's like garage sale man He's like I can't wait <laughs> I can't wait And he yeah. wants to see what other people have At the same time because like he's excited about that Townwide like you said it was a townwide Garage sale he's like he's gonna be like He's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to duck out of my own. He's like, it'll be going so well. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go check out what, what the other people, he's like scoping the competition, you know, and he's not going to really buy anything. He's just like, he knows this is the best because he's got some like random ass stuff that people want or he thinks people want. So I don't know. That's my answer.
0: <laughs> Look, I, I think you were on track though with Elston a little bit. He's not, he's not, I, I'll say this. <clears throat> Mike Elston is from, uh, He's either from Van Wert, Ohio, or right around Van Wert, Ohio. And <clears throat> Highway 127 in Ohio runs through one of the largest garage sales in the world. Is this thing they do on Highway 127? It stretches like miles, and mi- it's huge. It's amazing. Like you can just drive miles and miles and miles, and there's just garage sales all down. I, I think it's from like, around Bryan, Ohio, down past uh, Van Wert, like, down in Salina, maybe. And that's Mike Ellison territory. So he's, like, <clears throat> this, it's in his blood. So I, <laughs> I, I, could, I could definitely see, see that. And I, I think Beth is from, uh, his wife is from around that same area. So it's probably in her blood. So the, they're garage sailors. Like, these, these people are semi-pros probably right now, just, just out of pure DNA. But – I think the guy, I think the coach that would that would be most like that, I think is probably Jeff Quinn, like with that gravelly voice, just like, hey, you know what I just found in this barn last week is just this, this motor for this 1927 tractor. I'm telling you, it's prime. And I, I mean, I think I could see him do that with about half of the Amazon catalog, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and he's been, you know, and and Quinn's been kind of like I don't want to say down, but you know, going from Kelly, the twelve and zero season in Cincinnati, going up to Buffalo, having a hell of a hard time, and really not having a home after that, other than as an analyst. I think he has an appreciation for things, like like now, you know, that he's the the offensive line coach, so he really so you know he, he could feel that garage sale life, because you know when you're holding a garage sale, you know you need to have appreciation for the stuff you own. And for the people that are out looking for it, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's Jeff Quinn. I think he, you know, he buttons down with these people coming around here. He knows what they need. He's going to get them everything. You know, look, you know, what do you need? 12, you know, 12, 18 month onesies. I, I got boxes. <laughs> I got boxes. You know, you know what else do you need? I got, I got a swing here. This one, you can plug in your, your phone. You know, it, it shows little pictures. It, you know, it does all this pretty little stuff. You, you know, you can make your kid a monster. I, I, I think that's Jeff.
1: Corley. And you know, so. it just occurred to me in answering these questions that like Terry Joseph is like and Dell Alexander are sort of blank slates in my mind. I mean, I don't know their personalities really all that much. You know, what do you know about Terry Joseph? He played baseball. No, <laughs> he came. Oh, there like was, his, wasn't he's related to Vance Joseph, was a coach, and they're all coaches. It wasn't a better
0: from? time for a new safeties coach to come in another name and what oh, he yeah. was to do last year with a Lowy Gilman. But I will say this though, but he deserves more praise because what, it, and this is kind of a preamble to a story I'm going to write this week about Jalen Elliott. Like, you know, what did you really know about Jalen Elliott before the Michigan game? I mean, even the weeks leading up, he, he wasn't the man that everyone was talking about. Back. And now, and you know, one year late, not even one year later, we're talking about, you know, a captain if you're putting a C on his chest. Right. Um, you know, and being like one of the, you know, one of the best players on the defense. I, you know, Jalen Elliott's rise is amazing to me. And, and, and one of the cooler things and the fact that his name has been brought up more than several times with the recruitment of Chris Tyree, like Jalen Elliott, just, he went from, he's a rock star right now. Uh you know, it, it's pretty impressive, and you have to give some of you have to give that credit to Terry Joseph, right? Like some of that credit belongs to him for what he, you know, he's done back there. I mean, yeah, he walked into some talent, but you know, Alohi Gilman's just sitting there, just waiting for his time. But Jalen Elliott wasn't a guy that anybody was really expecting to do anything close to what he did last year, and you know, I mean, look, you know, a lot of credit. To to elliot but you're saying but the position coach has to have a lot to do with that so yeah you know you're right with delvon and terry it's kind of like you're not really sure but at least you're looking at terry joseph like he's not he's not just a a assistant coach collecting a check that guy put in some work
1: no absolutely and and obviously this is a big year for him too with the cornerbacks too right
0: Uh, i think todd's still got corners
1: Oh, well, Terry Joseph's role apparently is defensive pass game coordinator. Which is sounds like a fancy way of saying I oversee both cornerbacks and safeties, or maybe I'm just reading too much into that.
0: No, that's not fancy. That's just normal. (laughs) 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 There's nothing fancy about a garage sale. All right, (laughs) That's not a blood, sweat and tears put into that. So uh, do you have anything else you want to add to the garage sale life? uh i think i
1: think we fully exhausted all of our garage sale fund so yeah yeah so
0: listen it i, I would imagine most of you that are listening to this uh as jude mentioned right to start off with i run a garage sale every year i tweet about it i have my run-ins with the amish trying to get things i have listed for five dollars for a nickel uh all sorts of fun stuff uh i do use my normal accounts i won't uh I don't curse the the rest of the, uh, the one-foot-down follow on Twitter with that, but uh, at the Subway Domer, every year, it's like that first weekend in June kind of deal. It's a good time. So what's funny, I'll tell you what, before we let this all go, I was, I, and I'm dead serious, like, people will, like, I'm out and about. Like, I'm not your normal beat writer of a Notre Dame game. Like, I'm dropping my shit off of the press box, and I'm finding me the first tailgate that's going to bring me in and give me a couple of drinks. And so, and when you do that, you, you, you'll randomly run across people. And one of the funniest things, though, is when people are introducing me to somebody, it just isn't, you know, Josh Foles, you know, with one foot down or the subway domerits. They will, so many times somebody mentions the garage sale. And I think that's the funniest damn thing. It all just started one year having a garage sale, whipping the phone out. And just being like, this shit is wild. And I, I think I found like a, a, I found a fridge that was plugged in in the barn and like in the corner. That first year, I didn't know it was back there, like one of those dorm frid- fridges, you know? Yep. And it was stocked, bottom to top, with uh, Milwaukee's best. <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee's best light. <laughs> Oof. Totally forgot it was back there. It had probably been back for two years. Drank the whole goddamn thing. Just oh no! Went to town on that thing at, at that sale, and uh, and so that's where it all sprung from. And then people thought that was pretty funny, and they enjoyed it. And so I've done it ever since. There's a been a few shaky times here and there, but uh, yeah, it's it's good times. It's good times. It's, it's for a good cause too, because mulch is important. <laughs> <laughs> So and, and I did want to say this, because I got a lot of I got a, our uh, I, I won't say friend, our Twitter acquaintance, Andy Poot, used to blow me crap for years. Like, how are you having another sale? This was pre-marriage, pre-kids, Poot. Let me just tell you, get married, have some kids. If you don't understand this garage sale thing, that's exactly what
1: will happen. Well, Poop like, is now married and has a kid, so I'm sure yeah, he probably dude. will. He'll he,
0: understand soon. And guess he didn't mouth off about a garage sale this year,
1: <laughs> well, right? Because he's so busy living his life, he's not. Uh, didn't even take notice, right?
0: Well, I, He probably no. He recognizes, like, yeah, dude, you're gonna accumulate too much crap. But I will say that, and I will say this too: most of the stuff that I don't sell each year, I take to uh, Saint Vincent de Paul over at Fort Wayne. Uh, they, t- they take in stuff, they sell it, they do all the, g- they do a bunch of good stuff over there. So if you're listening to me uh, for your good deed today, um, look, if you have extra stuff, take it somewhere, man, people will take it and they will do something good with it. Don't let it sit around. Don't, yeah, be don't
1: bring it point. back in your house. When it's out, 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 of house, like, it out of your house, like leave yeah. it out of your house. You were going to get
0: rid of it for, you know, a dollar. So what? Get rid of it. Get it out of your life. That what's fun. That item could make either someone so happy somewhere else, or it helps make money for a cause that that does good things for it. Be uh, be, you know, be a sidekick to Goodwill. So, uh, but just don't drop stuff right outside because they don't like that at all. So <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we're gonna we take just a uh, a short break and we come back. We're we're probably gonna talk about some real football stuff.
1: Um, although, I mean.
0: That was a good segment. That was good. That was good for off the wall. I'm I'm tapping myself in the back right now. So hold on. We're going to get, we're going to get paid here and then uh, we'll be right back. Okay. Uh, Now that we got all our good garage sale, I felt, I feel lighter, Jude. Now that we (laughs) talked about
1: that. I mean, like you've unburdened yourself of, uh...
0: yeah, man. I mean, that's how these, that's how those things go, man. They're, they make you feel good. So, couple of couple of uh, big stories we we just we published this basically the same time last night uh we're recording this uh sunday night saturday night jude and i uh as fa- good family man do sneak into the office uh like around midnight and uh <laughs> throw a story down <laughs> uh,
1: so much of my work is written after my wife goes to bed but hey oh yeah my, like 90 percent, or
0: i'm at, yeah. at my real job and uh and i'm working there <laughs> I'm double dipping the entire time. So, but I, let's talk about Tim Brando. Let's talk about Timmy B. Oh my God. Okay. Now you and I have both had our run-ins with Timmy B. And he, look, this, it shouldn't be Tim Brando. It's Timmy Bravado. Because <laughs> if Timmy thinks that you're beneath him, he will try to slam you against the wall as someone who lives in their mom's basement. I think I've corrected him a few times since then. He hasn't tried to pull that move on me, although I know he does it on many others that uh, they disagree with. But look, one of the one of Brando's big things of the last what five ten years or five years at least since has- the
1: beginning of the BCS, he's been talking about this yeah, at so- least on his radio show and wherever he else he can oh, get. Shit, an audience. that's twenty years, right? Nineteen ninety nine. 1998, I believe, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah,
0: 1998. I don't know why I always think 99, but yeah, it's been a long damn time. And he is adamant that he knows. Now, keep in mind, Tim Brando is not a beat reporter. Tim Brando is not a journalist in really much of the sense of the word. He's a commenter. He's basically a a well-publicized internet message board commenter. Keep that in mind. Timmy B has—he's look—he's Notre Dame's going to join the conference. They're going to do it here. They're going to do it this. They're going to do that. He is relentless in putting this out there, and he will state that he has talked to people and people in the know, and this is when it's going to happen, and this is how it's going to happen. And obviously, he's never been right—not <laughs> even <laughs> remotely—been uh, right, and yet he's still putting it out there. So it was Jude. Dude, I'm, I'm going to hand this off to you. Sure. Expl- yeah. Explain this.
1: Yeah. So three years ago uh, today, um, Tim Brando was on a, a podcast called The Audible with Stuart Mandel and, and Bruce Feldman, who are at the time both at Fox. And and they like to have Tim Brando on because, you know, he says a lot of words, <laughs> fills a lot of time, um, you know, and he's, he's a well-known name or whatever. And, uh, you know, Tim was talking about, uh, they, they were talking about, uh, TV rights deals. And, and and this is an ongoing conversation, obviously. Um, and they were talking about the ACC network. And Tim's feeling was that Notre Dame was going to become a full member within three years. Right. So three years would be today. Now, uh, it's you know, as I, as I record this right now, 1133 p.m. on the East Coast. I have not heard of the uh, of Notre Dame becoming a full member. I hope hoping Birch doesn't blow us up in the next 27 minutes. But um, you know, the, the, the fact remains that um, John Swafford, who's the ACC commissioner, has said as recently as last month um, that there are no ongoing talks regarding Notre Dame becoming a full member and that people um, who made the assumption that once Notre Dame committed to playing five games against ACC teams uh, in, two th- in 2013, that that would be a stepping stone to full full membership Um we're basically not correct in that assertion. So, uh, wow, many, imagine yeah, that. Yeah, maintains its independence. Um, uh, and, and you know, uh, I think Jack Swarbrick talked extensively about this in December with Eric Hansen and the Insider and, and talked about the things that they value. And obviously, independence is at the top of that priority list. Um, the thing that bothers me about Tim Brando is not that he said that Notre Dame is going to be a full ACC member in three years. Like, okay, he was wrong about that. No big deal. He was right about the fact that the ACC network would come about in three years. So he had that going to work. It's that he keeps insisting that publicly and privately, Brian Kelly has told him that he, that Brian Kelly does not like, um, being an independent football team. And, that's just contrary to every public statement that Brian Kelly's ever made that I can find. Um, now, Brian oh, Kelly Jesus. has been, been,
0: now, been Tim, consistent. Let, 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 let me just interject sure. real quick here. But there is... I oh, can't believe I'm coming to Brando's defense on this. Jeez. But t- to Tim's to B's defense here, that doesn't mean, just because you say something publicly, that doesn't necessarily mean that you believe in that 100%. So
1: well, I, I well, just want to make a point that
0: Tim, I don't Tim I don't want bl- I don't Tim blindly says he believe has, everything says that. He has
1: public on record comments that Brian Kelly doesn't like the fact that this that, that it messes up the schedule, oh. the rhythm of the schedule. I've not been able to find that if it happened in a a um, he has been radio interview, to re- to then produce. I believe that that would be that would have been big enough news that we would have heard about that collectively within the last nine years. Right. Yeah, and so be, he, cool, he keeps referring to public and private conversations that he's had with, with Brian Kelly um, that he said, I mean,
0: maybe on, maybe it's me old. Maybe he just thinks public is like out in the golf course and private's like in an office.
1: <laughs> okay. Well then that's, that's a different understanding. <laughs> and of how we, I mean, I'm serious. That's how we different between you. We use public and, and look, do, do I think that Brian <laughs> Kelly may have said something that Tim Brando extrapolated from or inferred something that Brian Kelly didn't imply? Of course I do. You know, and and I and I completely see your point about why would Brian Kelly sit there and blow up his own university and say, you know, fr- frankly, I hate independence. But, uh, you know, these, these slave lords that, that pay me uh, two million dollars a year, uh, you know, they love it. So I guess I'll stick with it. Or Although he, I,
0: has, he has publicly stated how much.
1: Yeah, and
0: you know, it's kind of like a shot across the bow to Jack,
1: uh to,
0: to old savvy about night games, about some of the stuff with the Shamrock series. I mean, Brian Kelly hasn't been shy about throwing so, a little shade
1: that that way. So let me let me push back on that a little bit, which is if you if you are within a conference schedule, do you think that gets a lot better for you? Oh if I you're, if you're I a mean, good team, you play at night. I mean, I just think that that's pretty <clears throat> I, that that becomes kind of a no. I agree. Process.
0: All I all I was I agree 100. percent. All I was saying was that is that Brian isn't just choking down his true feelings all the time. Is what I'm saying. Is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. That's fair. You know, if he doesn't like something, he, he has mentioned it. You know, in one in one way or another, and that and which would go against you know like the company line that Nerdame Dame throws out. Now, Independence is a pretty strong company line. That's like a mission statement. That's that's not part. That's not like some project. Uh,
1: So, uh, so definitely, he's not gonna just gonna come out and be like, you know what? And and here's the problem with what Brando says is you can't disprove it, right? And and Brando knows this, so he can say that Brian Kelly told him this, and there would be no way for any reporter to ever disprove this. You could go to Brian Kelly and say, what are your feelings about independence? And again, a reporter just asked him a month ago about this, and he said that he likes the schedule and that he likes the fact that he can play, you know, you know, teams on the West Coast, teams on the East Coast, Miami, you know, some of the, the great, ri- renew some of the great rivalries and stuff like that. Uh, he can say all that, but then Tim Brando can come back and say, well, what do you expect him to say? Of course he's going to say that. You know, so you can't disprove it. And Tim knows you can't disprove it. And that's the frustrating thing is um, if Tim Brando has on record comments of Brian Kelly saying that he doesn't like independence, that's contrary to everything he said in the last nine years, then let's publish them and see. And let's be able to to talk about them and 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 figure out the context in which they were said. And and we can go through that. But if he doesn't, then he's sort of. And you I think that you think that he would, right? I mean, yeah, listen, I mean, listen, listen, I think listen, if he had Tim something, Rand... he, w- he would do it. But, you know, but Tim <clears> is also the first person to tell you, I'm not a reporter, I'm a commentator. And right. so now, I think that's important, too. And And you started with that, which is like, you know, when you think about things that, you know, people in the public eye who are on these talk radio shows say. Stephen A. Smith isn't reporting anything. He's just making he's giving his opinion on something. So Tim Brando's opinion has been for close to 20 years um, that Notre Dame uh, should not be an independent because it doesn't make any financial sense to do so. And the argument that I made in today's article uh, was that I don't believe that Tim Brando understands the entire context. Or if he does, he just he dismisses it. And I don't think he should be dismissive of it of the, of how ingrained independence is to the university culture that extends beyond football. And I think T, T, uh, Pete Sampson, and I, and I quoted it in the article today. I think, I think Pete Sampson summarizes very nicely in a December tweet last, uh, last December basically said, look, you, you jump over, you know, uh, you jump over dollars to get to pennies, right? So you decided to grab that you know tasty uh 10 million dollar extra revenue from the ACC and meanwhile you pissed off a bunch of high uh dollar donors who actually love the fact that we're not beholden to any conference you know and we're, so they're
0: giving 40 plus million i mean that i, I it, look, this is a hill that brando absolutely is prepared to die on like he has look, he will find you like i i wrote was that? I, mean, I don't know. it Was last year, or maybe it was right when, the, when that when this came out a couple years ago, or three years ago, whatever it was. And I wrote a, a a scathing thing with you know about Tim Brando, and he jumped on me on Twitter right away, and started battling with me on it. And look, he was at his daughter's wedding, like, <laughs> and so I'm having this debate back and forth with Brando. And I'm finally like, dude, you got more important things to deal with right now, like your daughter getting married, than, than this article. And I've written several things since then. And he will find it. He like either he's got to have somebody searching his name every day, kind of like kind of like that that uh, Sacramento Bee reporter uh, during the Eddie Van situation. You know, I mean, if you just if you tweeted out his name, you know, not not his tag, not his username or that, just his name, he will find you. And like start throwing insults
1: at you on Twitter. So, but this is, a yeah, deal I mean, it's, that it's not, Brando it's is totally prepared to die on. Right. And, and again, Brando keeps, you know, if you listen to the interviews, the closer we've gotten to 2019, the more he got, um, you know, he was still saying the same things, but he wasn't putting a timeline on it. So he was saying, well, I do believe that it will happen when Notre Dame realizes it's in its financial best interest. But again, Understand that Jack Swarbrick told Eric Hansen last December, it doesn't make financial sense for us to be independent. He, under, he acknowledges that fact, right? And so he's saying if you're just looking at it in terms of uh, media rights and the fact that the ACC schools got $29.5 million in fiscal year 2018 and Notre Dame got $7.9 million, um, then, yeah, you can say just exactly like Tim Brando says – yeah, well, on, on, you know dollars and cents it doesn't make a lot a lot of sense if you're just looking at that one thing But again look at it in totality of donations to the school and and the feeling of the, the pride of Independence and everything like in the culture and and you start to see it as as okay well, it's not just about twenty nine point five versus Seven point nine, you know And that number is never going to catch up because the AC is never going to make in their name, a full share member until they join in football, and that's not going to happen.
0: Look, Brando, Brando's so. just part of that this group mindset, and it, it's been going it's many many years. But that they just don't get it. Like we we've, we've known we've known Notre Dame would be able to make more TV money had a, they join a conference. We've known this for many many years. But here's the funny thing, and and this is what people like him. I just I don't understand. I, I just don't understand them. Because these are the same guys that were thrashing and just couldn't write enough articles about how greedy Notre Dame was when they left uh, the CFA or or whatever to you know when they signed with NBC. Like they're just like they're trashing college football history. They're greedy. They're doing this all for the money for themselves. And this is back at a time where there was quite a few independents. So. To go from that, to like they don't realize that Notre Dame is not doing things for the money per se, that it is always and will always be about being independent. What I mean, look at your own life. Like what what would you do to be financially independent? You know, I mean, to, to be able to control your own desk, to, to control your own week, you know, to not have yeah. to go to not have to go clock in or not have to go to the office and listen to that freaking boss that you just can't stand. You know, what, you know, there's all sorts of things that you would do to be independent from, to remove yourself and, from all that, but you're still playing, the game. you're still playing so, the game of life,
1: right? right. You're and still, sometimes still you, look at, you look at it and say, look, at the end of this year, I'm going to make $10,000 less than I made when I was with that big firm. But you know what? It was soul sucking to be with that big firm. So now I'm gonna, you know, start my own business or whatever. You know, you probably I, find
0: I, that that you're that you're you're living a better life with less with that less. You know, I mean, right. Take away all your work expenses. I mean, this is the kind of this is the kind of basic stuff that you could talk about with life that just doesn't doesn't hit with these guys and a lot of them the old school guys and some and and now the new school guys coming through these new. They're they're all about the dollars and cents, because right, because ever since conference realignment, that's all that's talked about, and sure. so it, it baffles them. Like, why would Notre Dame not? And and they they look at it as like they're running scared. Well, they're not running away from anything. Their their schedules are just as tough as anybody's in the country. This has to do with a decades and decades long part of be, of, of who they are, ingrained in the culture of being independent, of calling your own shots of not having anyone dictate to you what you can and can't do. And I mean, what is more American than that shit right there? How can you hate on that than being your own? You know, How do you, how do you hate on the entrepreneurial spirit of Notre Dame? I, you, you can't. I mean, BYU's trying it. If other teams could do it, they would. Let's put it that way. And, and, and I think a lot of them, We'll look at that money and be like, Yeah, I could do without that if I could do this, right. but they can't, it's not a part of their culture. The culture right. now is for all these other schools it's conference, 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 conference. They, they tie their whole being to 10 other schools that they don't even like, anyways. So,
1: I mean, I, you right. know, and and so- I,
0: and I, and I realize you know, Notre Dame and every other sport is involved in a conference, so you know, I'm not trashing like the conference concept. Completely. But as far as football is concerned, and as far as Notre Dame is concerned, it doesn't make any sense. Right.
1: So the, the two takeaways that I want to leave people with are first things first is don't get go, don't get over your skis about the NBC deal. I, I, I've seen a lot of misinformation in, in terms of people saying, well, if Notre Dame joined a conference, they would have to give up the NBC deal. Like somehow that's precious. Uh, just remember wake forest makes more money from TV than Notre Dame does. Okay. So if you think it's, if you think Notre Dame's holding onto its independence, cause they like that, that NBC deal that's not that it's absolutely not correct. Okay. Big 10 schools make more from, from TV, even the worst big 10 schools make more from TV than, than Notre Dame does. So it's, it's not, not about like NBC's doing us any favors of the booth. Yeah. It's, it's not like, Oh wow, that 15 million or whatever the number is. Cause the number hasn't been disclosed. The you know the more than fifteen million dollars annually that they get from NBC oh man like like they'd have to share it with other schools like understand the ACC (laughs) distributed twenty nine and a half million dollars to its schools not named Notre Dame okay so like clearly they're doing okay from ESPN right so that's the first thing the second thing is. Tim Brando is going to continue to be a guest on, on talk radio show or sports radio talk shows love on uh, podcasts and stuff like that. Tim Brando is going to continue to give the same opinion and please just understand that Tim Brando has no special insight about, in, about Notre Dame and he hasn't exhibited any special insight about Brian Kelly's uh, thoughts and feelings. I, he claims otherwise, but I, I literally have not seen the proof. So if Tim wants to come forward with a radio interview that we all missed, where Brian Produce Kelly the said, document, Tim. Produce yeah, the document. Yeah, show us the receipts, right? As the kids like to say, right? So if Brian if if Tim Tim Kelly or Tim Kelly, what Tim Brando has <laughs> has something um, you know, that explains why he's so convinced that Brian Kelly uh, doesn't like independence or doesn't like the, the scheduling lack of scheduling flexibility or or whatever he thinks that that Brian Kelly doesn't like that runs contrary to everything that Brian Kelly has said from pretty much the day he got hired to last month, Uh, you know, share it with us. Otherwise I think it's time to kind of retire this canard that, that Brian Kelly is somehow um, privately advocating for uh, Nardame to join a conference.
0: Yeah. And I I think we're going to just, we're going to end this conversation with that right, right there. It's, uh, it, it it's never going to end, not just Brando, but there will be plenty of others because look, the off season is long in college football, <laughs> as we all know right now sitting here the first week of June. And so it's an easy topic for someone just to randomly bring up. Uh, but speaking sure. of random pr- things, I, I, I want to get your opinion on something, Jude. So I, sure. I put the, I put this article up last night and, you know, I think a lot of us are, are flat out just talking about Notre Dame's schedule this year, whether it's breaking it down or you know, all sorts of different facets of the schedule. And, you know, the obvious questions are always asked, like, you know, what's the toughest game? What's the trap game? And I, I think, you know, just those two questions alone have been pretty synonymous. I mean, pretty, you know, everyone's got the, pretty much the same answer. You know, Georgia's the toughest game. It's on the road in Athens. Virginia's looking like that ultimate trap game because it's the game right after Georgia. But my question is, is what is the toughest three game stretch that Notre Dame has next year? So, it, you know, if and a way to find those, you know, is find your find those two games in a row and then look around it. And, you know, when you look at the you know, Georgia and, um, and uh, Virginia combo, your your bookend with New Mexico and with Bowling Green. And so my feeling is is that Notre Dame's toughest three-game stretch in 2019 is going to be USC, Michigan, and Virginia Tech, and that's even with a bye week between USC and Michigan. And why is this important? Because, look, any stretch of games that you have constant, high-level talent on the field – it's dangerous. And, you know, say what you want about Virginia tech. Look, they still got, they got a good ball. I, I think Justin Fuente is a good football coach and he's going to be able to get that team up for a trip to Notre Dame, which, Oh, by the way, they've already been in South Bend and won before, uh, you know, and then between Michigan and USC, they're both schools with equal talent. Uh, and, you know, Michigan's on the road. USC's a, a big time rival, you know anything can happen in that game we've seen it especially during this brian kelly era it's been a little as much as you know notre dame has been winning more uh there, there's still that chance you know that the, the usc can bite us we saw that earlier on in the kelly era so I, i'm looking at those three games it's like that's their three that's their this toughest three game stretch uh i, I think
1: uh, I'll, I'll die on the hill uh, a lot of people been, seem
0: been to be against that.
1: What, what do you think? Well, I, I want to take a step back for a second and say, if you had asked this question on June 2nd, 2018 and said, what is the toughest three game stretch of the 2018 schedule? And I
0: put that in the article. Yeah. Yes.
1: And you put this in the article. And I think this was a great point, right? Which is we probably would have looked at that Florida State and USC game with Syracuse in between and said, okay. I'm not sure about Syracuse before, especially state. with
0: all our travel talk that we had yeah, last year, Yeah,
1: but Florida state and USC, Holy cow, you know? Um, and so, you know, obviously that did not turn out the way that we thought it would. And, and I the think toughest you made a three good game point. stretch was I think Michigan you made a point. In ball state. And Vanderbilt. yeah, I think you made a good point. And, and so that's actually going to, um, color my answer, which is, I my 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 first reaction when I saw your headline was, well, it's got to be USC, Michigan, Virginia Tech. OK, that was my first gut answer. But now I'm inclined just maybe for a contrarian point of view to say Louisville, New Mexico and Georgia. And so I, I'm not saying that Bob Davie's going to come in and give nerd uh, name any trouble at all. Um, so that's sort of a it kind of weakens my point. But the thing with Louisville that scares me is right, there's goes? no game film on the way that Louisville is going to run its its entire program. You know, there you can look at the App State film and you can look at the Louisville film to get the kind of idea of, of the players' limits and abilities and stuff like that. But uh, you literally don't know. You're going into unfriendly territory. I don't want to, I wouldn't go so far as far as saying hostile territory. And maybe you've got questions that first game that you haven't 100% resolved. And maybe that gets exposed by somebody who is doing things that you haven't seen on film. And so these first games are always kind of uh, hold your breath type games. And I, you know, I'm, I believe that nerd Aim will prevail. Um, in that game, but at the same time, I'm not, I, I think that that game against Louisville is going to be, um, more fraught with peril than, than we might be giving it credit for because we look at Louisville's crap season last year and just dismiss the kind we of, got, the, you're, the team because you're already yeah. not giving them enough
0: credit. It, right. Papa John is hostile. Okay. <laughs> I think we all know we've, we got audio that proves that Papa John is hostile. So <laughs> you're just not gonna walk in the formerly <laughs> formerly named Papa John Stadium and uh it with a the doozy. But I, I think you're on a little I mean I, I don't disagree entirely. Um but
1: I, I don't know. And again, I I, I, I think that I think that if you said if you put a poll up and you said what it's the three toughest three game stretch. I think the the default position for a lot of people would be SC, Michigan, Virginia Tech. I'm finding that. And I get people's. Well, but I get people's. Look, I think sometimes when you read the comments section, there's people that just want to be contrarian, right? And I'm I'm doing that a little bit to you right now, right? Because I'm just saying, hey, here's another three. And you know what? I I think I could make an argument, and I think Navy's going to be garbage this year. But I think I could make an argument that Boston College is going to be a really really good team, and then Stanford uh what has it been two th- since 2007 that Notre Dame is won in uh, Palo Alto right. at the farm so uh i don't i never take that game for granted um i've um, an and-
0: argument that that you know you could look at like uh michigan virginia tech duke i mean obviously duke just lost the number 6 draft pick overall <laughs> but you know but look david Cutcliffe is a good coach he he's shown that um during his time, I mean, look, just look what he's done at Duke. I don't have to, I don't have to, to tout David Cutcliffe up. He, he's a good football coach. And, you know, th- that's going to be a big deal for Duke. Um, it, yeah, Big deal for the ACC on the ACC network or whatever, uh, too, right. at night. Uh, so Mich- at Michigan, Virginia Tech at home, and then at Duke, Um, you know, no breaks in those games. That's that, and that's three straight weeks or, you know, where my three, there's a bye week. So it it, it does, it does, you know, loosen things up a little bit, but I mean, I can make an argument for that being, um, you know, one of your toughest stretch, uh, you know, and that's just saying like, look, New Mexico and what the best the good thing that for Notre Dame is that Georgia and Virginia are bookend by New Mexico and Bowling and Green. And so if you take away anything from this article, other than just rolling your eyes, I think if you look at the schedule right now, I mean, obviously stuff can and will change, during the season, but if you look at it right now, it's a very manageable schedule from the standpoint of, um, you know, it, that, it's, it's a It's hard, got a good
1: rhythm to it.
0: Yeah, I think. It, exact. There you go. That's exactly what I was saying. There's a fairly good rhythm of of, you know, good teams, middle teams, should be walk on, you know, walkovers. I mean, Navy really, I, I think Navy's going to have a really down year this year, uh, which is scary because that just means that they're probably going (laughs) to be winning games left and right uh, with 400 yards on the ground. But, um, you know, I I, you look at it, it, it's not a – we've known this for a couple years. The 2019 schedule doesn't really look all that scary. Um, But, you know, there's just so many – we know Georgia's a good team, right? And they're going to be a good team. Virginia, we're pretty sure they're going to be a – Georgia's a great team, and we're pretty sure they're a great team. Right. And we're pretty sure Virginia is probably going to be a pretty good team. USC, I don't know what we know yet. Uh, we
1: don't, you know, yeah, I don't, we, I don't,
0: think, I don't I think any opinion of SC right now is valid. Uh, I think mean, they could be dog crap and I think they could sh- surprise a lot of people. Right. I, they're just the way that program is right now. Michigan, I actually look at them in the same light as USC because I can't believe Michigan's is rated as highly as they are. You know, the preseason. I mean, I'm, I guess I shouldn't be shocked. It's people are going to overrank Michigan. That's what you do in the preseason. I
1: mean, we're, um, we're throwing but, it, we're throwing a rock in that particular glass house because I think Notre Dame is always pretty, pretty uh, well overrated going to a lot of seasons. You know, no, they're,
0: they're, yeah, there's a handful, but I mean, honestly, I mean, look back at the last 20 years, it hasn't been as much as what you think. I, I mean, people would have high opinions of them. Like 2006 is definitely a season that, that, Notre Dame was over, over overranked by far, but you, you peel that back. It isn't so much. I mean, they'll rank us like 11th and we'll finish 11th. You know, (laughs) that's just, is that being that we were overranked? Well, it looked like they were pretty dead on. Um, But, you know, then you go Virginia tech. I I still think they're a team. They were a young team last year. They had lost so much uh, personnel wise that, you know, if, for what they even did last year, it should be kind of surprising a little bit how many players that they had lost. Um, so they could be really good this. I just think, you know, Boston college, you know, they had a They've had, they had like what, three or four draft picks this year. So, I mean, they, they lose quite a bit, but I mean, they just yeah, seems but a. like
1: AJ Dillon and I'm just, I, I looked yeah. at, I looked at their returning roster and I'm still impressed.
0: Yeah. You yeah look, there, there's a, that's a, that's a November. That's a late November game. With a power back, you know. What I mean, and at yeah. Notre Dame's, we we don't we have no idea, honestly,
1: what their linebacker situation is going to look. And Lord like. knows that we don't get derailed by Boston College at home late in <laughs> on the Senior season. Day.
0: That's never <laughs> happened before,
1: ever. Nope.
0: Uh, so. You know, and then like you said, we haven't won at Stanford on the road since two thousand and seven. So whatever yeah. Stanford team it is. That's you still got to get past that.
1: I mean, it's still yeah, KJ Costello and the and the and the crew, right? And maybe that's
0: not in the maybe that's not in the in the players' minds, but I guarantee you, it's in Brian Kelly's mind. Brian no. Kelly has never won on the farm, you know, on that. God, it's so criminal to call that place the farm when their turf is so <laughs> shitty, especially late in the season. That is criminal to end every other year out there in that stupid ass field, but. Look, that's got it. That's weighing on Kelly. You know, Shaw is a coach that has had Kelly's number. And, you know, that was a big I don't think people realize how big that Stanford win was at home last year for Brian Kelly. That was huge for him. Um, You know, yes, he has beaten Stanford before and they were big wins, too. But there was there was starting to be some like an avalanche of, hey, they have your number. David Shaw has your number um, going into this. And for what they did last year, that was huge for Brian Kelly. So can he take that next step and take it to them at their house? You know, that, I I did a podcast about this uh, about a month ago. You know, it's a tricky, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's tricky in a whole different bunch of ways. It, it's not as straightforward as what, what you might
1: think. So yeah, I mean I look we're on record now as what we thought was the the, the toughest three game stretch uh when it, when it's when it turns out to be Virginia Bowling Green USC we could have a good laugh about this or whatever just like uh my infamous Drew is not getting drafted uh anywhere in the fourth <laughs> round. So um you know I I, I think serene. that it's it's fun to have this conversation um but this is why it's it, this is why Vegas makes money, right? Because you look at a schedule and you say and you just make value judgments and you say, ah, uh, Virginia Tech, that's not going to be that hard. You know what I mean? And and I think Vegas set the line for that game at I think it was 18 points or whatever, or uh, maybe 16 points, um, you know, in, in their early betting here or whatever. And so you, you just you go along with it. Oh, Virginia Tech, they must not be any good. And then all of a sudden it's a 34-31 game or something, you know, so um, I, I just, you know, when we get into the season, who knows what the breakdown and the injuries are going to be and, and how, and obviously that will have, a, a, you know, a, it could be a tremendous effect or it could have a minor effect. And, and frankly, I'm scared as hell about the kicking game, because I think that there's going to be at least one game that comes down to kicking. And, and frankly, I have no faith in the kicking game right now. You so, mean having
0: a brand new punter and a brand new yeah place exactly. kicker is, is yeah, dangerous?
1: Exactly. And going into places like, uh, um, I don't know. Georgia, you know, between the hedges and, uh, or and, you like know, Stanford and, with their crowd getting field. rattled, you know. So, uh, yep. So, uh, <laughs> look, I, I, uh, I think you, I think we can sit here and say, oh, you know, looks like nine, looks like an easy nine wins or an easy 10 wins or whatever. But, um, I, I look forward to hopefully revisiting this in January and saying, well, you said SC, uh, Michigan, Virginia Tech. I said Louisville, New Mexico, Georgia, and guess what? Navy gave us fits. And Boston College was—they didn't win it or didn't put it away or, or whatever. And Stanford, oh my God, it, the, the hex continues. And you know, and then all of a sudden we're talking about how bad 2014 was. You know, so you really don't know. Um, you know I'm not I, trying I, to put that juju out there, but that's just sort of, you know, that's the fun—that's the fun of watching college football. I think.
0: You know, I was fully prepared to end the podcast now, but uh, something else just got, just bursts in my head. I, I, I want to talk about it for a second. So, what happens when Notre Dame wins ten or eleven games this year?
1: Uh, you mean? In I, terms I, mean of where I mean, they go. Or I mean,
0: no, I mean,
1: uh, what? What? I what's mean, we there? Play in- Brandon Wimbush in the the <laughs> Fiesta Bowl or? got to yeah, love the bridge.
0: I'm just saying, like, look, I am, you know, I have already said this countless times, you know, but I was definitely someone back in 2016 that was calling for Brian Kelly's job. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not backing down from what I said, and I meant it, and I and I don't regret saying it because I think at the time there was no way anyone, I don't think anyone that that wasn't just some, you know, rainbow sherbert pooping fan actually believed that it would be that the turnaround would be like this. So a third year of double digit wins, 10, 11 wins. What, what do you think that, what do you think that does? What do you think it says about the program?
1: I think it says, you know, what loose emoji has been arguing for a long time that Notre Dame is not a program Well, they finally reached that kind of program status. You know, I think it's, I think it's important that you start, um, you know, running these years back to back and you don't have four and eight or eight and five in between your, your 10 and two or 12 and O seasons. Um, I think, you know, another, another year of, of 10 or more wins shows that, um, that Notre Dame fully belongs in probably the top of tier two and the tier one I would put right now would just be Alabama and Clemson. So, or, you know, possibly Ohio State, depending on how you how they do this year without Urban Meyer. Um, I mean, so do you think my, that's
0: enough? I mean, let's we'll just ten and two. Let's just say, for example, sure. But your two losses are to Georgia and Michigan, or Georgia and USC, and you
1: win the bowl game or lose the bowl game. So you end up eleven yeah. and two or ten and three.
0: Yeah, but, let's say let's say eleven and two. Let's say okay. eleven and two. But you lost to Georgia. Let's just say you lost on the road to Georgia and to Michigan. Right. The, does the it doesn't seem to me like the narrative changes very much from that,
1: right? Because because Brian Kelly will still have the 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 hang dog of not being able to win against ranked teams on the road, right? The kind of thing that we've the nonsense that we put on Harbaugh and um, you know, and, and oh, and it's Brian not Kelly. nonsense. Yeah, No, no, I I understand. But it's, you know, something that we like to troll Michigan fans with, you know, so uh, you haven't beaten the team with a winning record and so and so time or, you know, whatever funny way you can look at things. Right. And the thing that bothers me about that sometimes is that people like Virginia Tech are ranked at a time of a game and then you beat them. And so your record against ranked teams on the road improves. But did Virginia Tech, uh, you know, deserve to be a ranked team? Uh, probably at the end of the year, I think we could argue no. You know, so um, it's always kind of a weird, a weird stat to kind of um, be be kind of hung up on. But your point's well taken, which is if you want to uh, be considered amongst the upper echelon, then you have to beat the upper echelon every once right. in a while. And certainly winning, you know, getting the monkey off the back of winning the near Six ball game this I year. See, yeah, or, I just don't see two or winning wins a playoff t- game would be would be better. You know, yeah, and I don't but. see a two
0: loss season really solidifying a New Year's. And, and look, you never know what's going to happen, right? Like the the bull situation is so fluid going into those last couple of weeks, anyways. But you know, it, it could be the same type of deal as you know going. To, to the Music City Bowl or, you know, or, or, or something like that. Um, but, you know, so definitely like the bowl one would have to be large. I, I don't know, maybe, you know, 10 and two, maybe that does get them into the New Year's near six, uh, maybe fairly comfortably, I guess. But, uh, but they would definitely, that, that, they would have to get that 11th win. And right. It would have to be against not, and it, it couldn't be a UCF. It couldn't just be like a highly ranked, mid major. And I think mean, I, I that, think a lot I think a lot of people just, like they lose sight of like when they've looked back at all these BCS polls, okay? And the New Year's six bowls, you know, Notre Dame hasn't won one since ninety four. And uh, an article that I was gonna I was working on for like ten minutes and, and never wrote was <laughs> basically about was basically about all these teams that have won these big bowl games other than Notre Dame. You know, like Kansas is a team that has won a BCS bowl. You know, mm-hmm. but like Look at who they're – but you have to look at who they're playing. Notre Dame just does not get that matchup of of the uh, – they haven't had that matchup of, like, the, the overachieving team that really shouldn't be there in these big BCS bowl games. What they've been getting in their matchups is the team that – Titans. Just that, barely slipped that should actually be in the championship right. game or the playoffs and – you know, so they're playing a much better team. You know, it look, they, they need to win those games. There's no question about it. But their draw, the draw every year, the draw most years for them has been like one of the worst draws out of like the whole uh, just,
1: Yeah, I mean, I think all of us were hoping for Colin Klein in uh, Kansas State in 2012. And unfortunately, you know, the night be.
0: we all celebrated when they lost and, and Wes and I were like calling each other like left and right. That's it. When we, when we made it to number one that night. And we were so happy. We all should have been just crying. Because we needed Kansas State to stay undefeated. Because I think Notre Dame would have wiped their butts uh, right. with Kansas State in 2012. And, and Georgia
1: fans believe that had Aaron Murray uh, prevailed in the SEC championship game, that they would have been national champions. Because they right. would have wiped the floor with Notre Dame. So, right. you know, look, we can play that that what-if game for whatever. Uh, you know, look, I think 10-2, and two, um, you know, it, it it further quiets the... The disgruntlement with Brian Kelly. I think maybe you know if you lose the the New York six six game, then you still have some of the same complaints. Especially if you lost to to Georgia and and Michigan on the road, and they were ranked at the time of the game. And and it, maybe even if one of those games isn't competitive, it's a real bad loss. Um, you know, I think that that kind of comes up too. Um, you know, I think eight and five. Then <laughs> then I hear Wes in my head, Ocho cinco, right? So. Yeah, yeah we um, brought him and, up and then, like... and then it's a you know reversion to the mean are we really tr- truly an eight and five and the 12 and0 seasons are aberrations and stuff so I, I think this is an inflection point season I think everyone's expecting a down year you can't help but expect a down year with 12 right. and0 during the regular season last right. year I, I think it's ridiculous to expect that at uh, same time uh it's it's about how far you fall and and in the and manner in which you fall right so if you yeah you went home, you had a bad loss at home to uh Boston College, you know or yeah. uh, on the road against Duke you yeah, I just I, look it scares me you, I just, you gotta get that. you gotta quit, man. yeah, I just Boston college is just <laughs> you, like, you know somebody said the other day, like you know, name me the sports moment where you felt the five you know the five seconds of greatest euphoria or greatest disappointment, and like You know, I I I don't know if I could talk to a psychiatrist about this, but I think Michigan 2011 broke a lot of people's brains. You know what I mean? And I think 1993 Boston College did that for the other the older generation of of Notre Dame fans. You know, I, I think that there's there's permanently a place where no matter how bad Boston College is. You know they're seven and six. They're still gonna freaking find a way to force six fumbles and make it a nineteen sixteen game in a game that it's like we're lucky to survive. You know, so I just I don't look past Boston College at any given year. That's <laughs> just my thing. That's just my thing. So
0: I, you know, getting back to my original point here, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think exa- exactly what we were kind of dancing around here with with. Uh, win totals is, is that you know, it, it's a it's a bad answer, but it's the best answer, and that's it just depends on how that ten and two, eleven and two season comes about. Uh, that that says where you are as a program, and you know, but at the same time, it, it is something to stick the chest out a little bit. I mean, look, it's been a long time. It was a long time between that Notre Dame had two. Back-to-back double-digit win-winning seasons, I mean, a long time. Mm-hmm. So they finally got they got that, and you know did it with some emphasis a little bit going undefeated in the regular season. You know to do that for a third year, man. That you know you got to go back just a wee bit farther than the, than the last one. That says that your program is at least in the right direction. You know sure. maybe maybe there's some maybe instead of like these massive. Notre Dame fans have... There is no other fan base. I, I I mean this with no hyperbole. There is no other fan base that dies as hard after a loss than Notre Dame's. And <laughs> what I mean by dies as hard is I mean everything is suspect. Like, maybe the the tent of the brick on the new building was off. So people heads got to roll. That's why we lost. I mean... <laughs> Every well, macro- we, have,
1: we have a we have an alumni with a very uh, uh, big mouth on Twitter who said that South Dining Hall having candlelight dinners after games is the reason why the Notre program got soft, you know, hey, so uh, I, everything I, gets blamed.
0: I, I you know, I, I talk about the alma mater getting sung and guys swaying uh, after a loss. I, I, I have said that before is why we're soft or why we were soft. I mean, look, you just don't know. You just you just watch a soft team, and you're just like, how are they getting like this? And I'm like, well, they're 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 in the corner, they're singing after a loss. Maybe they don't give a shit. I mean, I would just be just brutal in the the destruction of my helmet against you know the tunnel wall rather than be singing. I don't know, but anyways, <laughs> but yeah, but Notre Dame fans will go macro after every how they do it after close wins, where everything is suspect and I think like like a program like Alabama like they just don't do that like like a loss is a loss you know they don't have a whole lot of them so they're able to just be like
1: well you know you can't win them all <laughs> so i mean i think about nebraska firing uh, bo pelini after you know winning uh, nine games in and a season for what three consecutive seasons or whatever. And just thinking well, look, look that wasn't Frank's good enough. Nebraska did that to
0: Frank Zolich after a 10 win
1: season. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, you, you bite the hand, I, it look how far that has set them back, you know, since, since they fired Frank Zolich, you know, and poor Frank, he's still down in Athens, uh, which is a beautiful part of the country anyways, you know, I, and not Athens, Georgia. I was gonna Athens, say not Athens, Georgia. Athens, Athens Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Hey, world's greatest Halloween party, hands down. <laughs> uh but uh I don't think Frank really cares about Halloween. <laughs> so I I don't know. I, I I just think it's something that they definitely shows that the program has, has got past one stage of of the comeback, but it do, I it doesn't necessarily say that they're you know they're back. You know, or the the return of the glory is back. I I don't think any sane fan out there would think that. I I mean I you'll have a lot of you know positive pollies out there that have, that will just go oodles and over it. But the reality is is that it's it's good, not great. And we're so they're still trying to get to great. And they got to get over that hump a little bit. I mean that ten wins is great, but it or is good, but you got to get. Pass that at some point, um, but at least it's not embarrassing. It's not 2007, 2016 levels. Hell, it's not like 2013 level of a, a pinstripe bowl championship. Embarrassing. Uh, so, I
1: don't
0: know. I more I, 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 I I, to throw that know, out. You, you, I guess your hope
1: is that ten wins gets you another good recruiting class, which means you've had you know two or three solid years in a row, and that you know it just takes you to the next level because. Um, yeah, it's a constant building. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, I think the fan base will be okay with 10 wins, but I think you're exactly right. They won't consider us a great program. It'll just be a very good program. He's, uh, he's a a very good coach. This is a very good program. They have very good recruiting, but the problem is that Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Georgia are great programs. They're elite programs. They get elite players. They're elite coaching. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so. They've been doing that, right. yeah, but they're throwing in outside of Georgia, you know, but they're throwing in a national title here and there to, to you know, in between those spots, right? You know, Georgia yeah, you still hasn't a, got to
1: that clip. Yeah. You can add an Oklahoma to that list too, obviously. So
0: yeah. Amazingly with their shitty ass defense, uh, <laughs> so they can score a hundred points. So Jude, you we're going to, we're going to close this out. So you, do you got anything uh, left to say?
1: Yeah, I usually use my last segment to, you know, um, point out the good works of other people. I'm going to pat my own back here for five seconds because oh, <laughs> I want people to understand this because I got some questions about it um, back when I was 16 or seven years old i had to come up with an aol instant messenger screen name and at the time i was a really big fan of this band called agents of good roots which i'm happy to say have reunited and are back touring again so <laughs> if you're looking to relive 1998 like i am on a day-to-day basis check out agents of good roots anyways uh so i picked andrew Wynn, which is the lead singer of that band um you know over the years it dawned on me that if he ever knew that I had appropriated his name in so many places that that would be creepy instead of flattering. In fact, I try to think of it in terms of if he were the, then I was the semi-famous person and he was just a regular Joe and he was running around the world saying, Hey, I'm at Jude Seymour, (laughs) how that would be weird. So, uh, (laughs) I reached out to him about uh, a month ago and just said, Hey man, if you ever want your name back, I actually own everything. (laughs) and tried to make it as non-creepy as possible. And uh, Andrew said, yeah, he did want it. So um, (laughs) we went through a little process where I had to change my name. So after 11 years on Twitter, I'm no longer at Andrew Wynn. Uh, At Andrew Wynn is actually owned by the real Andrew Wynn, I'm happy to say. So I'm hanging out in my corner of the internet at NDJRS now, which is Notre Dame, and my initials, not very exciting, uh, but it gets the job done and uh i just want to thank andrew for he's never gonna hear this but i just want to thank andrew for being completely cool about a guy just saying hey i've used your name for 11 (laughs) years on twitter uh sorry (laughs) so anyways that's my silly story for today
0: all right (laughs) and i'm still confused i see see your new name up there i'm still like who oh shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right. Like got to figure it out.
1: Yeah. I had my first byline today actually under the new uh, yeah. DJRS on one foot down, which I changed it there too. Cause I figured no use change, no use changing it one place and not changing it in the other. So. Yeah.
0: I commented like I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> 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 all right. Uh-huh. And so I guess all I got uh, left tonight is just a little bit of like dad life uh, for you look, my, my son just turned eight, um, last week. And we, my wife is famous for her like week long celebrations for herself. She's passed that on to my children, uh, unfortunately for my wallet. <laughs> uh, but it's a fun time, you know, it's something that they really look forward to and all that. But, you know, during, during this time, you know, you get a lot of memories popping up, whether it be on Facebook or, you know, you just, your random, you know, stuff you see and pictures and all that. And I guess I, We talk about sports, you know, look, we're obviously we're sports nuts, right? We're doing this. You guys are listening to this. Sports are important. And we brush, you know, sometimes we brush them off too easily saying, you know, it's not the most important thing in the world. But if you have kids, please know that sports are important. Get them involved. It doesn't, you know, they don't have to be the next Michael Jordan, the next Brady Quinn. Uh, you know for, for the sports to be a big part of their life and the lessons they learn the friendships they make whatever you have to do you know it, you know I know some people are just so busy that you know extra stuff for their kids it's hard to do it's all worth it in the long run and it is, it doesn't have to be something that they're gonna use for the rest of their life but just the lessons they learn and the things everything that goes involved with that it's big look my kid, my son is a ridiculously good reader. Um, and I know I don't sound like it, but he reminds me a lot of me when I was his age. And, you know, I read, you know, I just read constantly. And, but my parents were busy and we were poor and we didn't get, I wasn't involved in a lot of sports, probably up until around junior high. And I, I don't know why I'm going on this long, long uh, explanation of it all, but I w- I just felt so good and proud not d- not just of myself, you know, but of my kids. You know, my my daughter's involved and stuff, and my youngest. got you you gotta fight him to get off the field. But I I look at that and I look how important that has that is to our family and all that stuff. Look, so if if any of you guys are starting a family, have a family, and you're unsure safety concerns or whatnot i i can't stress enough get your kids involved uh because they're going to be down <laughs> down in sodas left and right when you're not looking uh so they're going to need the extra activity as it is but uh i, I don't know why I've, I, I just nothing but pictures and memories um of the last few days of uh you know of all that stuff so it, it's been the thing that's been on my mind the most so sorry for that that got kind of a long pointless bad rant <laughs> But uh, hey, <laughs> what, what else are you gonna get here? 12:30 at, at night. So, stay involved. Check out onefootdown.com. Uh, we every day we're trying to get uh, get stuff out there. It's the off season. Um, we're good, right? We're good. So, with that, go Irish.